Hello, welcome back to Catapult Your Career, where we delve into the reality of various careers and explore practical advice for numerous professions. Um, and on this episode, we're very much looking at uh, the world of IT, uh, but specifically uh, the career of an uh, IT engineer. Uh, and I have none other than a good friend that I used to share the, the cricket pitch with uh, in, in Nick. How are you, Nick? I'm very well, Mike. How are you? Yes, yeah, all good, mate. Um, we, we, we've already had a brief catch up on on the cricket um, and how I, I'm no longer playing. But you're, you're, I hope you're you're still carrying the flag for both of us. Yep, still still flying the flag, still at the same club. So yeah, yeah we're, we're 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 all good on that side. Good stuff, good stuff. That's good to hear. Good to see. I, I I abandoned it and, and went to the dark side and started playing golf. So uh... <laughs> well, you know, there's some transferable skills there, isn't there? You know, swing swing and hit. You know, is, there's something in that. There is, there is, there is. So, and and for for those thinking like crikey, golf takes long. You need to play cricket. My goodness, cricket's the whole day. At least golf is four hours. But yeah. but hey, that's that's enough about my my hobbies and, and sport. But to to kind of talk about today and and thanks again for coming on to kind of really illuminate the world of an IT engineer for for those who are listening. I suppose first and foremost, give us a bit of an introduction to yourself and your your, your background. Um, yeah, no. So my uh, obviously I'm Nick. You know, we've had that already. I'm um, I'm in IT. Um, it's it's an IT support role that I do, um, helping helping solve issues from uh, from a range of customers that we that we deal with. Um, you know, background on me. You know, I, I I like the sport. You've touched on that. Um, but really, you know, the the IT background has come from from family members. So my my grandfather. Um, still still uses his computer every day um, mm-hmm. and he, he you know he got me into that you know it's always it interested me in how you can do so much on these small little devices and of course now i've been in and around it for you know 10 10 years devices are still getting smaller and smaller so back yeah. when i was back when i was uh, younger the computer was massive now it's even smaller and it's even more mind blowing and such no, definitely. And and you speak about computers getting smaller. I mean, you've got a little computer in your hand with phones these days in terms mm-hmm. of like how much that, that's improved. But as opposed to, to kind of, as a starter for 10, I suppose, and to help demystify what, what this career is, I suppose, how, what is an IT engineer? How would you describe that role? Well, what people think an IT engineer is, is a little bit different to what I've experienced in as much as, you know, you're, Probably a stereotype of an IT engineer is quite geeky, quite nerdy, and, and fi- you know tapping away on lines and lines of all this code on on dark screens in dark rooms. <laughs> and I've actually okay, there's a tiny bit of that. It's that's not particularly my remit, but there's a bit of that. But mainly, it's solving the uh, solving the problems of, of of people and and actually telling them how to use stuff it's a lot of a a training kind of kind of birth in 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 as much as people are phoning up going how do you do this you know customers have got nowhere to turn to you know you you think trying to get hold of microsoft even for us it's a it's a difficulty so they they phone a an it department like what i work in and that little bit of training goes a long way to helping Mm. complete their complete their tasks as a as an as a user yeah yeah and and I suppose you hear terms like um and it'd be good to understand I don't know if this applies to an engineer or, or other careers, but like you hear often first line support second line support and and various things i suppose 
in terms of the broader, more specialisms or different fields of an IT engineer, could you kind of describe that a bit more as well in terms of the various like aspects? Yeah, so you you still get first line, second line. That's pretty um pretty accepted across the industry. You know, your your first line will, um, you know, I'm I'm going to use it. They'll switch off, switch on again. Um, yeah. that's that's a typical kind of first line. And in in companies, they they don't always have as much access into systems as as the the second lines, the third lines. You know, it, it goes as far as, as as third line, and that's really a server kind of server engineer has worked for 15 20 years up to that position and people can do it you can go from first to third it's it's pretty much what someone i work with has, has done so yeah you've then got your second line is usually a, a good port of call because they've got a lot of knowledge they've built that up and they'll you know certainly what i experienced they'll then go out and visit the customer as well. So if there's something new to install, you know, your, your second line will do that. Mm-hmm. And then how, what is the difference? You say like first line is more, sounds like the kind of basic level. They have a basic understanding of software applications, perhaps. Yeah. And second line's a bit more in depth. And then you mentioned servers with the third line. I suppose what, what would you say is a key difference between a second line support engineer and a third line support engineer? So you're, you um let's let's use an example you're doing a live chat with them um, you're doing a live chat with someone and you're in the queue you're, you're first in the queue your first line is normally who you'll get first and they'll mm-hmm. and they'll go oh you know we want to take care of your problem they'll give you the good service they're there to give you the good impression try the basic bits your your second line engineer is then a little bit up the chain and they will have more input into what you can do you know run troubleshooting run diagnostic tools all these all these things that you get in in the it world to fix to fix the computer they will run, help you run those or in you know in a business sense they will run them for you um your your your, your third line engineer is really if you're a, you know you've got a business and your your whole system would depend on a server if you can't access all of your files they're normally on a server your third line can get straight into the problem and, and resolve that mm, okay and then what what would you say i suppose what are you now and have you done some of those different roles or where, where, where are you now in terms of that so now i'm it's a little bit of a hybrid now what i do because i work for a reasonably small firm so there's there's only four of us that are full-time um everyone's got to do a bit of everything so my my official title is technical sales engineer now this is a whole nother area of it but it's kind of it's 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 in the middle where we've positioned it in my role is a little bit in the middle so i will still answer the phone as a as a first line what we've just covered i will then i'll then be able to solve some problems i'll be able to dial into pcs and fix them with the diagnostic tools I mentioned, mm-hmm. um, but also the sales bit comes in for actually doing the quotes. You know that's kind of separate to kind of what we're what we're talking about in that. But really, for the needs of Mark, the company I work for, that's where I'm positioned. So I started out as the first line. Um, that was that was an apprenticeship, as it goes. Um, so that really was to do with basic stuff. You know, learning the ropes learning the customer service aspect 
learning the systems that are used your microsoft office your your adobe reader your internet explorer those those things mm-hmm. and i've as i've expanded my knowledge from training courses and the apprenticeship i've got more into more into it from that yeah and it's interesting now you you kind of obviously there's not one size fits all like you mentioned about the it engineer and you're at a smaller company so you wear kind of many hats i suppose i don't know if either you've had previous experience at different sizes companies or, or you have colleagues that have worked in in other uh, companies across the industry i suppose how, how could you see that it engineer role change based on not just you know not just position but actually based on size of company yeah definitely because i know people that are in the same field that they're you know we're IT engineer group of friends. It sounds like a really thrilling group to be in, but no, it's um. There's all different experiences there. You know, there's there's me in a small team, but there's other friends in big teams, and there seems a lot of real definition in their role, in as much as they do the small bit that they're assigned to, and they don't deviate from that. There is always a port of call next in the next in line to deal with something more specific, mm. whereas me in the in the small small business you have to turn your hand to really the needs of what comes in be that you know be that supporting um a windows a mac a phone it's all different whereas you know bigger companies will have apple support teams they'll have windows support teams and that that is a that is a difference that i've i've found i've not experienced that myself this is i'm in my first company that i started working for Mm. i've done that for i've done that for eight years now and I'm still in the same place, so I'm. You know, there's a lot, there's longevity there, but there's 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 enough growth in it as well. You know, I, small doesn't mean there's no growth. No, no, definitely, and and it's interesting, kind of taking it to a wider concept. I suppose that I often think you hear a lot of people kind of chase money early doors when they leave whatever it is, whether it's further education or higher education, um, and they chase that kind of money quickly but then they often get stuck and then they haven't actually got that much like experience and knowledge of different things whereas if you actually join like startups or smaller companies you might not get that kind of big salary uh, to show off to your friends and family and all the rest of it early doors but you're going to get an absolute wealth of knowledge because you're going to see like every single department the back end front end and then you know give it five ten years a bit like what you're doing when you kind of go on to other companies, you're going to have a much more vast experience and knowledge base Correct. to bring to that role. So although you've got like, you know, it's, you know, it's obviously long-term beat short-term, you can even chase the quick money early. But I suppose with you, you know, there's various different aspects that we want for our careers, of course, not purely just money. But at least for you, you're going to have a massive knowledge base that you would hope you could, you know, bring down the line, you know? Exactly right. That That's, when it comes down to it, that's what I valued as more important. And mm. I I thank my apprenticeship for that a lot because the the apprenticeship is learning, getting the getting the qualifications, but it's on the job experience, and I think that's really important. Mm. Um, equally, you've got to be in got to be in a company that are receptive to you as an apprentice, and the company I work for were good at that, um, which is why I've I've stayed there. I'm loyal to them because they showed a, a trust in me, and I I can then. Re, you know repay that back through the work that i do day to day now yeah no definitely and i think for, for people who are perhaps interested in the world of like it and becoming an it engineer and i think this is helpful in terms of what company they choose as well um in terms of actually finding a company choosing a company and getting in 
what are do you think there's some of the best routes because you know you've kind of touched on education skills a couple of times mm. there what what do you think are some of the best routes obviously you, you personally went and be an apprenticeship but i'm sure you've seen other colleagues and from being in the industry for that that period of time you know a good eight years you've probably seen the highs and lows of and, and the various entry routes for different people so what what would you say some of the the, the key ways you can perhaps enter have yeah so my route was the apprenticeship route um it wasn't after um a, call it a you know a, a failed attempt at uni but that's a that's a separate story in as much as what my school wanted versus what i wanted at the end of the day there was a heavy push at school for uni and mm. okay it didn't work for me i don't have anything against uni i'm i'm not you know i'm not going to sit here and go uni is terrible don't touch it there is there is a need for it there there are good skills to be picked up from it it just wasn't my wasn't my bag so yeah. i i took the decision to go the apprenticeship route which 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 you find a training provider and they can then help you guide you into a role so i didn't approach the company i work for for my job i was signed on with the apprenticeship firm and they they have resources in their team and i was able to get an interview from them obviously you still have to pass the interview and go from there but so they don't hand it to you on a plate but you've got the apprenticeship route on the job learning you've got your uni degree very classroom based very very practical work in labs and assignments but there's you know there's a need for there's a need for for both of them i i value experience a lot and i think mm -hmm. employers do as well mm -hmm. and that's it's good to get I think this is the key really for this podcast is to get the reality behind people's careers and how you've, you know, the experience you've had, how we can share that to others who are potentially, you know, aspiring to be like kind of IT engineers. And what are some of the educational or even skills requirements you think that are, that would hold you in a good stead to, to enter and transition into this profession? You've, you've got to know how to, how to use it yourself. You've got to be comfortable in the software that you're trying to fix so i'm in a role where it's businesses use a lot of microsoft office and i'm comfortable in that because i've used it at home so you can take that skill forward into the workplace mm. to be able to fix because you, you know you you know where the things are you know where to click you know what to click yeah that's that's one of them and then patience is a big one as well as, as a skill aside from the technical mm aspect you've got to be patient with customers and and other users because if you're if you're not then it just it ruffles their feathers and then it it doesn't help the overall experience so patience is a big one yeah and not only dealing with people it's maybe finding the resolution as well there's always something new that comes up that you've not seen before and you've got to research the problem a myth that i probably you know i hear a lot is oh you just you're just going to go and google the problem you you know it engineers can use google better than me and sometimes that is true but there's a patience aspect on that to go through the articles go through forums find what you need to find and then implement the resolution yeah yeah and you mentioned that the, the kind of things kind of changing and that's that's one aspect i was thinking i mean it data has like changed massively in the last kind of decade 
and really it changes year on year. Um, and I suppose in terms of that that piece, obviously there's kind of a couple of skills and educational clients you mentioned that might help you transition in, into the kind of world of IT. But how would you go about perhaps staying up to date with kind of changes and updates so that you're you know you keep your competencies, I suppose. So from from my point of view and what I do on a daily basis, Microsoft qualifications are the important step for for, for upskilling and keeping up to date. Microsoft release it's, it's a whole curriculum of of exams and courses based around their products. So they're, they're, they call it um, skills-based um, qualifications, and you can choose your software, be that, be that servers, be that Windows, whatever it is. Microsoft has then written a course for that, and you can be a Microsoft certified engineer. Mm. So I have a couple of those because after my apprenticeship, there was no way I could keep up to date with it without using them you know i would know bits because i'm on it all the time but you it's important to do these skills to keep yourself relevant in the eyes of your employer so microsoft is a good one for that there's loads of online resources they do produce books but of course the book is a static item so you know i've got a book here that is out of date for a qualification because all the screens have changed the names of portals are different and all of those things. So the web resources are very important on Microsoft Learn for that. Nice. Okay. And and I feel that that's one aspect people can kind of look look into, I suppose, to get a bit of an idea. Is, is there any other resources or, or kind of accreditations, qualifications that if someone's thinking about entering the world of like becoming an IT engineer, are there any other places you would almost signpost them to to start having to play around, having to start look at almost before before kind of getting to that, that that stage. Depends how how you know how rounded you want to become as a as a person. You know, there's 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 IT people that I know that have project management qualifications. Now you look at that on the face of it and think, that's not really IT. But in senior roles and this is definitely something in in our office we need. We you know we've got a senior role and he can project manage. So having that skill is an important one. You know, the Prince 2 and those those qualifications, there's so there's there's those routes to go down. Hmm. Okay. And and if we kind of go back or and pivot slightly to the role of an IT engineer to really like make it clear for, for people who might be interested in, in pursuing it. Um I, I suppose what, what does the average week look like for for the IT engineer, I suppose. I know you're you're in a bit of a hybrid model in terms of a small company, but from your experience and your peers and colleagues, what would you say the average week looks like for for someone who wants to potentially enter that industry? So it, it would it would vary between your role, um, depending on what you what you do. In my experience, most IT engineers have a little bit of a, a field aspect to them as well. So you would get in on your Monday morning. You, you would start your start your week ideally with a clear support queue. So that's a good start to the week when it's when there's a clear queue. But then as the calls come in, you start to work through them chronologically. That's a good a good way to keep everyone happy. So, you know, there's a skill perhaps organization. Yeah. Being able to chronologically manage what comes in 
okay, you, you get companies, maybe there's a customer on a gold support contract where you respond to them quicker. That's really a specific need. But organization as a rule of thumb should be keeping on top of what you've got, balancing your workload, doing it chronologically. Mm. But then in the week, everything comes in, your, your support calls day by day, but you might have to then go out and visit the customer. Maybe you can't do, do what you need to do remotely. Maybe you need to be in front of the computer. And that, that's important too, being able to get to a site and support the customer that way. So maybe in a week I would, I would go out two or three times um, mm. to, to customers. I would, I would take equipment there. I would install them, install the equipment on site and then be back in the office catching up on the calls that I've maybe still got ongoing because you can have stuff ongoing. A, a call that comes in doesn't always get resolved immediately. There could be other people you need to involve yeah. with that. You may need you may need support from the manufacturer and they've got their own time, you know, their own lead times yeah. for support. So it's it's to do with organizing that, organizing what you've got on, and then really dealing with things that it is. I I say that I can't always predict what I'm going to do in a week, and I think that's true because if you start the week with no emails in your inbox, that's that's all well and good, and then something comes in, it might be something you did last week, but then the next thing is totally new. And yeah. You, you learn from there your skills. So, you know, you're, you're picking up things without realizing it too much. Yeah. Because in fixing something you've never seen before, you're learning it. Yes. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I suppose there's a, there's a, there's a clear aspect of variety. And I suppose, you know, you have to kind of work um, on, a bit on the ball in terms of like you have, might have different problems put across you. And obviously, you know, thank you for kind of starting to illustrate, you know, what that average week looks like and what, what an IT engineer might might do, both in um, in terms of their workload, but actually like physically, they might be you know in the office working from home or actually on site with with, with customers. And, and I suppose is it is an opportunity? Do you think as an IT engineer to do various projects as well, more longer term projects, or is it more just kind of um, kind of dealing with cases and problems as they, they arise? There are, and that would definitely come based on skill set. So talking about the qualifications, if you have a Microsoft certification in <clears throat> in 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 deployment of of Windows, for example, there is a high chance you'd be put on that project. So that could take you away from the run of the mill support, and actually your week could be solely focused on doing that job. And that in itself is exciting because mm -hmm. it's different to maybe the week before. So okay, you could. You could go in every day and be doing the same thing, but that's for one project that has a set time, then it's done. And that yeah. I think in itself is good variety. Yeah. So yeah. you can do that. There are, obviously there's always IT projects, businesses, they rely on the IT. Yeah. You know, we, we all do in, even in personal use, we rely on the IT and the technology. So there's always need to, deploy new kit, keep the kit relevant. Yeah. So there's project aspect as well. Yeah. 
No, I, I, I get it. It's I suppose IT is like it's the it's the golden thread in terms of that infrastructure. Without it, especially in the modern day and age, um, most businesses just wouldn't run, or or if they were running, they wouldn't be running efficiently. Um, mm. So it, it is the lifeblood of it, and I think it's good to know. I think for people who are kind of aspiring to to, to that career, there is an, a, definitely a level of, of variety. There's also a bit of a you might have a, a run of a mill task that you kind of do, um, but there's also an aspect of writing within within that field, which is kind of it's good to know. And I suppose you started to delve into a little bit of stuff, things that you personally perhaps enjoy in terms of like the projects and stuff like that. It, it'd be interesting to to hear. I suppose what what would you say are perhaps the most enjoyable or least enjoyable aspects of the role or you know of an IT engineer? So the mo- one of the most enjoyable things is being able to talk to a variety of people there in the role that i'm in there's there's people that do have a lot of technical understanding and then mm-hmm. you know they're, they're important in businesses there's also people that have low understanding in the it and that's where that's really where we are relied upon to to help them efficiently quickly and get them back up to speed so that that's a good a good part of it i personally like talking to customers on the phone and then being able to put names to faces Mm -hmm. so if i this happened a lot during my apprenticeship and the first kind of two years because i would speak to them but then i would never have met them so when i turn up at their office they go oh so you're the one i speak to and then it's a nice kind of friendship almost with your customers Mm -hmm. and i think that keeps the keeps the relationship good Hmm. Yeah. No, no, I agree. And I, th- I think it that in itself kind of, you know, obviously that's just you personally, but that kind of myth bus a, a bit of a, com- uh, a common misconception about IT people just want to sit in the room, dark room on their own, mm. don't want to talk to anybody. Um, and there's always like a, a balance between that. Like even myself, I would class myself as an introvert. So I can go out and do the kind of networking and all the rest of it uh, and be kind of deliver presentations front and centre. But then I like to come home on my own and relax and recharge. Um, and a bit like you said, like there's a misconception IT people just want to be on their own, but actually that almost field engineer aspect of being on site, you know, is something that you enjoy in terms of building, you know, keeping relationships with people. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And on the other side of that, perhaps, what what would you say is perhaps the least enjoyable aspects of, of, of being an IT engineer? The the least enjoyable is is when you have to be in a difficult situation a lot of the time that will be if there's a complaint or if there is a, a system-wide outage if we can do something about it then great the customer is happy but if if we're there saying to them now oh, this system is down because of something we can't control then there's really a line of not line of succession but almost where the customer needs to get onto the IT department to fix it, but we have to then get our ourselves onto another area, be that a, a provider of, of another software or, or something else. If we can't do anything about it, then we've got to take the take the frustration from the customer, listen to it, but kind of absorb it because the customer doesn't want to hear we can't do anything. Yeah. Because from that as soon as you get into that, they then go, what are we paying you for? Why are you there? You know, you 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 charge your services for 
doing what people see to do nothing that that's also a, a misconception paying for a support contract doesn't mean we're doing nothing there's always no. things in the background to do and there's another part of the week of an engineer the the maintenance of systems that all happens in the background mm-hmm. be that in hours be that out of hours you know there's sometimes where systems are critical and you've got to maintain them keep them updated out of hours so that's not necessarily support and fixing something that's broken that's um, preventative maintenance in as much as we are doing all we can as engineers to stop it from going down yeah yeah but but yeah in terms of what's least enjoyable listening to customers frustration and actually knowing that we're a little bit helpless if there's a a big outage you know if, if bt's internet has gone off and that or the green box at the end of your road has been crashed into and you've not got any internet there's really nothing an it engineer can do if you're in the role i'm in okay yeah. if you're an engineer for bt then you've got direct responsibility for that but where i am as a general it engineer we can't control that so it's it's knowing that we can't give a service that we want to give which yeah. isn't great yeah no that's 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 fair and i think what I'm kind of putting out of it, like listening to you and then kind of reflecting is that there's two key aspects in terms of inherently wanting to help people. Like your whole job is around problem solving and whether it's kind of, it depends on the industry and, and, and the company you work for, but it's a lot of like relationship management and like problem solving um, problems for people in terms of personally or their businesses, which I think is a real key aspect. And I think what you're describing really, the nail on the head is like conflict management. You know, basically mm-hmm. people turn up disgruntled and, you know, you know, might might not be uh, having um, flowery language for you at the end of the phone, and you have to deal with that situation and manage it. Um, so again, it's like another misconception about people management. And I would talk about emotional intelligence and what it's like to be on the receiving end of you. And if you're like, um, you're not really understanding the situation when a business calls up, and you're kind of dealing with it uh, not in a very good way, you're only going to anger the client. And you know, worst case scenario you might kind of use the wrong choice language and they might end their contract with you. Yeah. Um, so it, it's like, it's that's that's a skill in itself in terms of that relationship management and, and dealing with, you know, stakeholders, I suppose. Exactly. And something like that isn't always in a job description. Mm. You, you, you'd look at an IT engineer job role and it will really solely be based on fixing and what, what you know, what, what we refer to in the industry as break fix. Um, fixing something that's gone wrong, there, there wouldn't be too much kind of customer service in your role. You know, some companies would, may write it in there. Um, mm. that I suspect my company would write that kind of thing in because of the way we are. Yeah. We, we end up being the point of contact for support and everything else. So there's skills, kind of hidden skills almost. And yeah, conflict management is one of them that you, you won't get everywhere. You know, people will go into companies and go, oh, well, I never get any conflicts. And that's because there will be middle management in there to do that for you. And that's great. That mm-hmm. takes the pressure off of you and it allows you to go and enjoy what you do. And that's the computer side of it. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think it's good to kind of uncover that from your, like you said, eight years experience. Like it gives the reality of, of the role and the course. It might be different based on the company, the size, you know, the industry. Um, but again, it's, it gives people a bit of a heads up of some of the challenges they might face in the role if they, they kind of were to enter it. Um, and speaking about those challenges and having a heads up, I suppose 
given what you know now and you've obviously you've had kind of a fair a fair crack at kind of various roles and various aspects of being an, an engineer if you were to have your time again I suppose entering the industry what what would be your piece of advice perhaps or your advice for that that younger uh, Nick I suppose en- entering the, the IT IT world again that's a good one what would I advise um I would say to myself trust me okay that's quite quite a self-centered thing to maybe do but when it comes to your own career you have to listen to what you want to do and block out almost okay school are there to help you and they will help you sixth form colleges will have resources careers advice and all that ultimately it's what you want to do so i would definitely listen to myself more in as much as what i want to do because if i did that would have seen me take the apprenticeship option a year and a bit earlier than I did, which means I'm gaining experience quicker. Mm. Um, yeah, I would, I, would, I would say that because you've got to be happy in what you do. Enjoying your job is very important. It's, it's eight hours of your day. It's whatever percentage is your week. It's a very high percentage of your week. You've got to enjoy it. So listening to your almost listen to your gut instinct almost. And mine was telling me, I, I remember it was telling me, uni won't be for me. Okay, it transpired it wasn't, but I should have listened to that earlier and made the call on it be a bit be a bit stronger on that. So that's really what I'd do if I if I went back. But I I say also you can't look back. So when I was in the situation of uni's not gone very well, there was no point in blaming school or blaming someone else for it not being right. You look forward and you go, right, what can I do about it? Let's get experience, get practical experience in a role. How do you do that? You you focus on going forward. Yeah, I absolutely love that, Nick. I mean, you're kind of speaking my language, I suppose, in terms of coaching and I mean, the two key aspects I, I kind of wrote down as you were speaking is the trust in myself. And we always speak about in the coaching world around finding your authentic self. And I think it's a real kind of, it. it's interesting. Every time I've asked people, the majority of the times I've asked this question, so regardless of the industry, business analyst, kind of IT engineer, coach, whatever it is, in terms of advice, it's never specific to the industry. It's always around their person, around them yeah. personally and what they can control. And we kind of, when, you know, there's cost of living crisis, there's various things going on in the world. But what we can focus on is what we can control and within our own um, our hands, I suppose. Um, and trusting in myself and your gut instinct and not listening to what other people think you should do. You know, Nick, you yeah. should go to university because that's what everyone's doing. You know, you should do this, you should do that. Well, actually, you know, trusting yourself, you, you know, thankfully, like you said, there's no, there's no point having any regrets. Yeah. But are you eventually trusting yourself and moving back to your authentic person? You know, you're now in an industry that you actually enjoy, and your skill sets and your values is ultimately aligned to your career. And like you said, it's, it's not like you're just spending an hour a week doing this. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on if you're in a role <laughs> you enjoy, you know, you're going to be there morning, noon, and night, and, and for the majority of your, your life. And, and the second aspect, which I absolutely love. It's yes, obviously, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're uh, satisfying me and answering my question about a piece of advice, but quite right in terms of no regrets. You know, the big thing I took out of that was like taking accountability for your decisions. Mm. So, 
you know, there's no point moaning, oh, I, you know, I, I'm so unlucky, or I can't do this because of this, or I can't do that because of yeah. this. It's taking about accountability of the situation. So you tried university, great. You know, in hindsight, at least you know you'll never have a doubt now of, oh, I wish I tried university. Yeah, there is that. You, you, you got it out, you, out your mind, and now you're taking accountability for the situation I'm in. Yes, I'm a year and a half, you know, down the line, but what can I do now? Well, actually, I can do this work experience or I can get an apprenticeship. And yeah, I, I don't know what, I don't know if anything kind of came up for you there, but those were just two real big reflections that, that kind of came for yeah. me. You speak. I'd have that right. And that's definitely, you know, you, you can control what you do moving forward. So let's, you know, do it that way. You can't, because you, you've got to be happy. So how do you go about making that happiness? Yeah. Amen. Amen. And I think that at the end of the day, you know, I, I had various kind of a career pivot myself to kind of come into the world of coaching. And I think that's why I truly feel so passionate about it, because, you know, at the end of the day, like you're going to be spending so many hours, you know, so many years doing something. It's important that it's not taking energy and degrading your soul inherently. Like you want to be doing something that actually you look forward to doing and waking up on a, a Sunday morning thinking, right, back into work on Monday. And don't get me wrong, there's monotonous and tedious parts of every job. It's not like there's going to be like, it's going to be sunshine and rainbows. But you, you know in your gut whether you're looking forward to the challenge and actually the, yeah. you know, the next week, as opposed to thinking, Christ, I'm just doing it to get an extra power note and just kind of do it for the sake of it. Um, so I think, I think, thank you for kind of sharing that advice and thank you for giving us a bit of a, a potted history and, and, and your experience of the world of being an IT engineer. Um, and before we kind of pull this session and, and pull the episode to a close, is there anything that we haven't covered around IT or, or the job in, in terms of being an IT engineer? Is there anything we haven't covered today that, that you would you'd like to discuss? Not sure, really. I mean, I, you know, you, you as soon as, you know, another thing to say, really, as soon as you stop enjoying what you're doing, then maybe then there's a time to move on because you've, you know, you have to have to enjoy it but um no i don't i don't think so i think you know you've we, we've covered what what a day is for an engineer you know my my role is 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 what it is it'll it will be different in other companies but the essence of the problem solving and the, the fixing things is there but also the the idea of of training people is just as important you know a lot of a lot i haven't really got a percentage but i'd, I'd say very much over half I'm, of the cases I deal with, I'm not fixing something. It's a how-to query, mm. and that's just as important. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Thank you, thank you for, for your time, Nick. And if people are kind of peaked, they speak their interest about the you know the career of entering the the career of an IT engineer. And um, where's the best place to connect with you if they perhaps have have any questions? And you know, how how did you do this, Nick? I suppose to, to help them on their path. You know, I'm 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 reachable on on most social media. You know, as a as a as a person of IT, you know, the the phone is always near me as, as such. So the, the 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 social medias are always there on that phone. But no, LinkedIn's a good one. LinkedIn's a great one for job searching as well. Um, I I I look I you know you look around LinkedIn jobs and people have great success with it. You know, I'm I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me. You know, Nick Layden is my name. We can we can put that in a description maybe and connect yep. with me on that I'll, I'll i'll accept requests and i can help from there it's it's an open you know open conversation to to help people amazing thanks nick and yeah definitely we're 
we include a link in the, in the show notes to your LinkedIn if anyone wants to kind of reach out um, and equally kind of pursue a, a career or any questions around um, being an IT engineer. So th- thanks again for your time, Nick, and, and hopefully um, for those that are listening, kind of got some insight um, into another kind of specific career. Um, and if there's anything that kind of piqued your interest, you know, we have links in the show notes for, for people to kind of reach out and, and to kind of ultimately pursue, pursue yeah. their passion. So That's great. Thanks again for your time, Nick. And no problem, Mike. Thank you. On the next episode of Catapult Your Career.